Is it possible? Is this real life? Is Rayo Matera Bilingual Radio finally back uh, on the air? Uh, it would appear so. Uh, my name is Evan Hearn, and if you are a Radio Matera fan, then uh, maybe you recognize my voice, maybe not. Uh, but I'm here from Austin, Texas. Ya no estoy en Buenos Aires, en la ciudad de la furia. Me huí por razones that I'm not going to get into here. But uh, it is... 2019, September 2019, 21st of September, and it's been over two years since we have recorded a Rayo Matera interview, uh, program, podcast, whatever you want to call it. But it seems like, uh, thanks to the consistent nagging of uh, one particular man and and the millions <laughs> of emails and letters and smoke signals and Facebook messages from all of our fans all around the world, we have decided to come back in a new and improved format that we'll get into right now, but first, uh, I just want to let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Uh, let's start with the man who really made all this possible with his <laughs> nagging, uh, his cross-continental nagging, Glenn Spearing. What's up, Glenn? Hello, how are you going? Very well. So, so yes, th thank you, thank you for responding to my nagging. I was, uh, I earlier this year, I I had run out of Radio Matera podcast to listen to. And I thought, well, what, what am I going to do now? I would really actually like something else to listen to. And I thought, well, maybe maybe I should actually get on to Evan and actually tell him maybe we should to do something about this and actually get it started again. So so a few months later, here, here we are. Here we are. I'm, I'm still in Buenos Aires. You're not. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's basically the story so far. Well, it's, uh, I'm very happy that uh, you were persistent, Glenn, because uh, it really is. It's always fun to be in Radio Matera. Astute listeners uh, may remember that uh, uh, you actually were on Radio Matera. That was actually how you and I met. You came, uh, I think, within our, in our second year, just after starting our second year. And uh, you, uh, you brought some uh, Vegemite, which... Uh, yes. Was it you have right now? I can see it. Uh, <laughs> which, if someone, anyone here knows, if no one listening knows what that is, um, consider yourself lucky. And you also brought the Australian flag from The Simpsons with the boot kicking the uh, the bare bottom, which is, I saw that and I knew we would be friends forever. So it's <laughs> match made in heaven. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. It was an interesting experience. I'd only been in Buenos Aires for, for maybe two or, two or three months and I, and I arrived at this radio program and I didn't know what the hell was happening because it was basically just me and you and we were going live. And no one That's else. That's right. No one else. No one, no one, no one, no uh, one else was there. Que hermoso que fue. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No one else had showed up on time. I think uh, I think one of my co-hosts, and I think Mary ended up appearing a little bit later. She did. She just did a little bit late. Yeah. So it was it was it wasn't too bad. Um. But yeah, that was a good time. We do have another co-host here uh, with us uh, via this three-way call. Uh, Anto, uh, how are you? You want to introduce yourself to me and to the world? Hola, buenas. Eh, gusto en conocerte. Eh, soy Antonella, como ya dijiste. Eh, tengo 22 años y soy de Buenos Aires, pero estoy aquí viviendo la experiencia de vivir en Valencia. Oh, te fuiste joven. ¿A qué, ¿A qué edad te, te fuiste? ¿Hace cuánto que, que estás ahí en Valencia? No, no, soy nuevita. Ocho meses nada más. Ah, está bien, igual bastante. 
And why did sí. you uh, why did you go to Valencia in Spain? Dos motivos principales. El primero, cambiar mi vida, un, un giro de 360 y otro por mi pareja que es de España, es Alcoyano, de una parte de Valencia. What's Alcoyano? Okay, so it's a part of uh, Alcoyano. Alcoyano. Sí, como dicen aquí, okay. Alcoyano. Very cool, very cool. And you know Glenn, right? If I'm not mistaken. Sí, sí. How do you how do you yes. know? Tell us how you know Glenn. Eh, bueno, era profesor de mi tía de inglés. Eh, siempre ella me hablaba muy bien, que estaba súper contenta porque hacían clases divertidas, porque ya conseguía aprender más fácil. Y un día dije, necesito una clase de pronunciación, porque le estaba dando clases a niños pequeños y no quería enseñarles mal. Y así fue como Good. le dije, <ríe> no quería, no quería, exacto. Así que dije, bueno, eh, le pregunté a mi tía para que nos arme una clase y nos armó. Y así fue como lo conocí. I hear he's a good sí. teacher. I haven't seen any of his classes, actually. <laughs> but I hear he does all right, yeah. Uh, sí, sí. It is Australian English. Uh, well, <laughs> we do have another um, uh, uh, integrante of uh, Radio Matera, which, uh, again, listeners from our old program, uh, our two-hour and one-hour format, will certainly remember uh, El Alma de Radio Matera, El Señor Ariel. Que the idea is that Ariel will be joining us for future recording sessions. He couldn't be here today. Uh, he recently had a son, uh, just uh, two months ago, just recently turned two months old, his son. Así que le mandamos un gran abrazo eh, nosotros y también toda la gente, me imagino, hablo por todos los oyentes de la Radio Matera. Y, pero nos mandó un audio, Ariel, he sent us a little audio. So we're going to listen to that right now and, uh, and hear from him. Buenas tardes, ¿cómo les va? Feliz primavera a todos los materos que andan escuchando por ahí. Les mandamos un saludo muy grande. Sé que eh, la estuvieron manejando un rato acá por el Facebook. Así que veo que tenemos muchos likes nuevos, mucha gente que se vuelve a sumar. Estoy enfrente de una compu en un lugar donde ladran muchos perros. Así que capaz que en algún momento escuchan algún perro. Son los perros que golpean los vecinos. Capaz que no, no importa. Pero bueno, eh, felicitaciones primero a los nuevos integrantes de la radio que andan por ahí en las penumbras. O no, en realidad, porque yo soy el que no estoy ahí. Así que les mandamos un saludo a todos. So yeah, so that's all of us. Uh, three for now, hopefully four uh, next time. But uh, we're going to begin, uh, get right into it. Don't want to waste any time. Uh, I understand Glenn. Uh, you have a topic that you want to talk about uh, specifically right now, so yeah. lay it on us. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think what's really important when, when we're talking about languages is, is why we want to learn, why we want to learn a language. I think, I think perhaps for some of us maybe it's, it's obvious, but for some others it's, it's not so obvious. Recently, I went on a holiday to, to Puerto Madryn. I can't pronounce that for the life of me. Puerto but... Madryn, right? Anto, Anto, you're Puerto the... Madryn. With the whales. You see and the whales? Yeah, the whales and the sea lions and, and, and the sea elephants. It was, it was, it was incredible. And I, ha I have a good friend down there that, that teaches English. And he invited me to, to talk to some of, the, some of the students there. And, and a lot of them are, are, are young kids. And, and of course, I asked them, well, why, why is it that you want to learn English? And of course, the usual response from 10-year-old boys, 13-year-old boys is, I well, don't. because I don't. <laughs> my parents, my, <laughs> my parents are, are making me, basically. And I said, well, 
Well, and I, and I and I and I do this with everyone really, but it's a little bit different. But even even with thirteen year old boys, you can do it. And and I said, well, do you listen to music? Yes. Do you watch movies? Yes. Do you listen to music in English? Do you watch the movies in English? Yes. Yes. Of course. Do you understand everything? No. No. But do you understand everything, or do you want to understand everything? Yes, yes, I do. So, from that, it's a great impersonation of a ten-year-old boy you're doing, by the way. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So, so from that from that perspective, I was able to actually so actually influence them and change their mind and change their perspective about why they were learning what they were doing. All of a sudden, it wasn't just because the parents were making them do it. Is because they could actually get something for themselves out of it. I think. I think for us, the adults, maybe we love languages, we love reading, or so on. We enjoy a challenge. For me, it was about actually changing my life or change, helping me to to change how my mind was working. A huge challenge to actually to learn a language once you're an adult. But for other people, it's not so easy. But this is something that we can come back to all the time. You can write it down why it is that you are learning a language why it is that you're doing anything and actually write it down. And if you wake up and you feel like, well, why am I here? What am I doing? You can actually remind yourself that, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's a really effective way to come back to and actually motivate yourself to keep learning something. What do you think, uh, Anto? So you're, you're learning, uh, I guess, I mean, you're studying English, but you also... Uh, you have to learn what is the dialogue called Valen- Valenciano no what is it Valenciano Valenciano exactly. uh, so eh, tell us about that eh, veo una gran diferencia el inglés obviamente que lo empecé por obligación te mandan tus papás a una clase ah, same, y te same story you had to go to class exacto yeah. palabras que no tienes ni idea que son ni idea cómo se pronuncian se leen súper raro y yo lo viví así hasta que en un momento me empezó a gustar empecé a darme cuenta que podía entender un montón de cosas Y dije, quiero dedicarme a esto, es más, ahora voy a empezar a estudiar para ser traductora. Así que en mi lado los, los idiomas son importantes. Y con respecto al valenciano es más una necesidad. Porque aquí hay mucha gente que para darte un trabajo, si tienes valenciano, es mucho más fácil. Para la in, universidad. What do you hear like on the streets there? Do you hear castellano or do you hear more valenciano? And how distinguishable, eh, how different, oh, you hear a bit of everything, okay. De todo, sí, porque hay muchos estudiantes de toda España en Valencia y hay muchos turistas. Mm-hmm. Entonces puedes escuchar inglés, alemán, no hay nada que predomine de momento. Mm-hmm. Pero, pero sí. So, Glenn, how has your experience been learning language? Last time I, uh, I saw you in Argentina, you were communicating, uh, for sure. But you definitely, there was, you know, always, there's always room for improvement. So, how has your process been, been going? I think it, it it's kind of a it, it it's an interesting process. I think now I I feel comfortable with my level. I can read I read novels in Spanish. I'm really happy with that. That was one of my main main goals for learning another language was to be able to to read authors in Spanish. That was one of my my main motivations. And uh yeah, I, I am quite happy with the way that I talk. My pronunciation is 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 never going to be perfect. Well, even in English, your pronunciation, <laughs> your pronunciation is is terrible. We can have we can, we can have we can, we can have an argument about this. 
But we, 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 have, we have more phonemes in our, in our Australian English than you do in your American English. That's so. right. Talk about that real quick. So, I remember you so, talked about so, that. What, what so, phoneme so, do you have? So, 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 it's, so, it's, so it's the American English that actually pronounces it correctly. So, so in, in English or British English, there are like seven or eight diphthongs. I can't remember exactly. And for the uh, non-linguistically uh, inclined, what is a diphthong? So they're two vowel sounds put together, like ear. Mm -hmm. for ear, right. Yeah. But in, in British English, there, there are seven diphthongs. In Australian English, there are seven diphthongs, sorry, six diphthongs and one triphthong or something like this. Okay. So, so that's why we pronounce words like today with a longer sound. Right. Phrase. Sounds, yeah. It sounds like mm -hmm. you're just like a, almost a curve to the way you're pronouncing it today. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we, we add an extra vowel sound to the end of this. And this, this is what makes Australian English a little more difficult for people to understand than American English. Because in general, in Australian English, we extend our vowel sounds, but we short the consonant sounds. American English is a lot easier for people to understand, mainly because they are used to hearing it, but also because there are less sounds. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so there, there are there are actually less phonemes in the American English than in British English. Yeah, I can only uh, the only thing that comes to mind is the uh, Simpsons episode in Australia, where Marge goes in and uh, she's asking for a coffee, and the guy keeps offering her beer. But the way he yeah. says it, it's like it's like there's like three syllables in there. Beer. <laughs> yeah. Beer. Beer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I mean, what, what, why, why did you start learning another language, Evan? And why, why do you still learn languages? Why yeah. So mine is mine. Mine, I think a lot. I think you know, for those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to to travel uh, the world a bit, or even to live in a country as an expatriate for for an extended amount of time, um, necessity is a big part of it, right? Although you know that even that can be. Uh, questionable, right? I mean, uh, I've certainly, um, and I, I, I think I imagine y'all have as well, and most of our listeners have uh, seen, you know, people who um, maybe go to another society, to another country. You see it a lot with English speakers, particularly. They'll move, you know, to Buenos Aires or to Valencia or to wherever, um, and they won't really integrate with the culture, right? They won't really, uh, they won't learn the language. Uh, they won't you know, move outside of social circles where only English is spoken, uh, which is kind of ironic given the political debate going on in my home country right now, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you see it a lot, which, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't have any judgment to pass on that, but that's not the way that I wanted to live the experience, right? Uh, which I think is yeah. the same for all of y'all, uh, for the two of y'all, uh, which is that, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to move to Argentina at a young age and uh, I wanted to, like I wanted to speak Spanish. I wanted to, you know, I studied some Spanish again for obligation. Um, I, you know, did not care at all about Spanish at, in high school. I did everything I could to get out of it. I remember uh, uh, stories uh, by by Borges and by Cortázar that I would stories that now I love that you know that I think are beautiful. <laughs> but in the day, you know, you'd be frantically looking for an English translation because you're like I'm. 17 years old, and I speak English, and I have no interest in reading Jorge Luis Borges at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday because uh, I have a project to. 
Um, so, you know, you squander, <laughs> I think, you know, except for the exceptionally, you know, bright folks, a lot of, uh, you know, I think it's pretty common that you squander cool. your, you know, those years when you can take advantage of it, um, which I certainly did. But then, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to move uh, to Buenos Aires and there uh, made a point of only living in places where uh, Spanish was spoken, you know, uh, got mareado quite a bit, you know, dizzy. You feel like you're sitting at a table where people are speaking, you know, and, and they know that you understand, but, you know, and they're trying to accommodate you. But at the same time, you know, they're having conversations and and so it's easy to kind of get lost. But I think it's really and, I, and I've said this to, you know, I, I've said this many times just in in, in personal conversations. But for me, it was really a transformative experience. Like, I really feel that I entered the process as one person and I left, you know, I've, I wouldn't want to say finished because, again, you're always learning a, a new language. But by the time I, you know, felt that I was fairly integrated into, like, Argentine society, um, I was a completely different person, completely different and more in, in so many different ways, you know, besides the language. It's a different framework for understanding yourself you know, reality. And I think, I think the benefit of, of the way that you, you know, some of us do it, uh, which, uh, which is, you know, that sort of immersion is that, um, it's not easy, right? You get, lo- the, there's a loneliness there, you know, there's, there's, it's almost like being reborn in a certain way because you're suddenly, you know, you're a young man or a young woman or, or, or whatever, whatever. And, uh, and you know, you can communicate, but you're forced into a situation where you're unable to communicate. And it really, you know, it, it, it's, it sucks. A part of it, you know, sometimes it sucks and yeah. sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's, it makes you want to quit. Uh, and other times, you know, it can be sort of a motivator, but, uh, it, it it's a, it's an experience unlike any other that I've ever had, certainly. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so only Absolutely. positive things. Um, I don't know until I guess, uh, uh, what, what has your experience been like living in a new culture in uh, there in Valencia, Valencia, Me- <risa> me estaba relacionando mucho con lo, con lo que estás diciendo de sentirte obligado entre comillas no a estar en otra cultura con otro grupo de gente donde si quieres hacer un chiste quizás no lo entienden porque usaste una palabra que ellos no la conocen eh, si estás en clase y quieres preguntar algo que incluso la profesora no te entienda lo que estás diciendo eh, que tú la típica salida que hacías un sábado noche con tus amigas aquí no se usa, aquí se hace otra cosa, eh, pedir una comida, que en tu país se hizo una forma, y aquí de otra, por ejemplo, los tamaños de la cerveza. Es algo muy tonto, pero yo no sabía lo que era una caña. Aquí una caña es el vasito de cerveza típico que pedís. Well, like a, what, in no Argentina you would say un, like un chop, like a pint? Eh, no? Una birra. But well, like está. the size, I mean, just like a regular, oh, just like a regular glass, like a pint glass. Sí. Okay, they, they say a caña. And, okay, caña. Y acá okay. es una caña. Entonces, ese tipo de cosas, uno lo encuentra más complicado, o a veces, mm. cuando no te entienden, te sentís frustrado y te sentís más solo. Yeah. Eso es una realidad. Yeah, definitely. Por ejemplo, con mis, con mis compañeros de piso, me enteré hace dos días que cada vez que hablaba, me hacían una broma y me decían, ¿qué dice? Como, ¿qué estás diciendo? Y yo pensaba que me lo hacían en broma. Porque, por decirme, ah, sos argentina, no sé qué, pero realmente no me entendían. Me explicaron que muchas veces yo hablaba y no sabían lo que quería decir. Wow. Even in, <laughs> Llevo ocho meses viviendo con ellos. And in, and in Argentine, uh, Spain, Spaniard and Argentine, wow. Exactly. That's crazy. But, but even this beer culture, this can happen within countries. In, in Australia, obviously, we, we have a beer drinking culture. Yeah. 
And for, for example, you were saying with the size of the glasses and, and whatnot. In Australia, we have a thing called a midi, but a midi can mean two things. A midi can mean a mid-strength beer, like it's not a full-strength beer. Midi, you're it's, saying like middle, like midi? Yeah, okay, like okay. a 3%, 3, 3 or 4% alcohol mm. beer. Or it can be the size of the glass. It's not It's not una pinta. It's, it's the size smaller than that. Mm. So depending where you are in Australia, if you go to the bar and you ask for a midi, they will say a midi of what? Interesting. Yeah, so they would understand it as or, the size, yeah, rather than that. Or, or they will give you the mid, the pint of the mid-strength beer. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's even the size thing. Like, you know, I lived in Buenos Aires for six years and uh, drank an unhealthy amount of alcohol <laughs> during that time. Uh, especially, especially after you met me. Yeah, yeah, it didn't help, that's for sure, yeah. Um, and I still don't understand what a chop is. Like, I still couldn't tell you, you know, they say un chop in Argentina. And I still couldn't tell you, like, the exact measurement. It's, it's always in those, like, it's very common, like the pizzerias, right? You just that. It's always this, it's always the same sort of like like crystallized like frosted pseudo frosted glass yeah. like it's I like less it's, than a pint but it's not like half a pint it's 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 just whatever glass it's just whatever glass you think there's no measurement it's just whatever they have <laughs> what were you saying anto you something about a jarra que claro no es una jarra yeah. sería grande yeah. Es en, el, es en el vaso, yeah. pero sí, si pedís un chop es eso, y si cualquier lugar, por ejemplo, ahora que está muy de moda la, la cerveza artesanal, mm -hmm. te lo van a traer en ese, en ese vaso. Yeah, then... No, right, no why, sé why, por qué es así, no, no te sabría explicar por qué, porque es así. Yeah, or why it's called a chop, right? Like, that sounds like a, like a voz inglesa, like, it sounds like something that was, like, taken from English, but I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. the, uh, well, we'll look it up, but if si alguien que nos escuche sabe por qué se le dice chop, o si hay una medida... Así formal. Eh, comenta, eh, seguinos eh, en Facebook eh, 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 y dinos qué, qué pensás. Eh, decinos. Eh, so, so, go ahead. So, 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 a chop in Australian English would be a lamb chop. It's, okay, it's yeah, a yeah. A hunk of meat. meat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cordero. A hawk. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So, if you go to a bar in Australia and order a chop. Yeah. <laughs> You're not, you're not going to get a beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, even, you know, on this idea of beer drink, I think, yeah, I think, you know, this idea of beer drinking culture as sort of this uh, focal point for how, you know, all these subtle differences can make life so difficult. Uh, even, you know, just the way that you drink. Obviously, in Argentina, um, you have the culture of the uh, the bottles come in the, the big liter bottles, right? You, you buy the big liter sí. bottle, and maybe you're drinking with a couple guys, and, you know, you can serve a couple different glasses, but... If you're, you know, at the beach or at the park or just, you know, kind of out prowling about uh, like some vagabonds, um, uh, you just, you know, pass the bottle back and forth, right? You just, you're drinking from the same bottle. And I think, you know, just as with uh, the, 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 pheno the phenomenon of drinking mate and sharing mate, there's germophobia is just not a thing that enters into the, the mind of, of, of most Argentines. Whereas here, you know, mm -hmm. if, I, no. if I were to bring a bottle, you know, to a friend's house of beer and drink from it and then hand it out to him and say here your turn <laughs> he would be like what are you doing like why <laughs> why is why are you doing this sí, aquí, <laughs> aquí es lo mismo eh, la gente no, exacto no mm. entiende el concepto de mate 
Yeah. La primera vez que sirvió un mate, Pocos lo la persona tomó un sorbo y me lo devolvió. So, yeah, no, pues. tienes que tomarlo todo. <risa> tienes que tomarlo todo. <risa> y por lo los gérmenes también son mucho más conscientes en mm. el sentido que nosotros. Y la cerveza, cada uno con su lata o su botellita individual. Okay. No se compra. So more like the American. Yeah, we, we, you buy the six pack of either cans or bottles. You take it to a house. You know, sure, I, you know, if there's a six pack, we can split the pack, but we're not going to be drinking from the same bottle. Exactly. I was uh, one time. Go ahead, Glenn. Yes, yes. Even even in in my lifetime of of being an adult, when when I when I was first started buying beer, nearly 20 years ago now, <laughs> with the, those those lead, those liter bottles in Australia were much more common. Oh, and really? They, they were called they were called King King Brown bottles. That was the you name of the brand it. of beer, or that that's was, just what you no, called no, the bottle. No, no, that was the, that's what we called the bottle, King <laughs> Brown. <laughs> King Brown because they were brown they were brown bottles but over time and and yes I think it was because you the expectation was that you wouldn't have a problem drinking that in one sitting or quickly yeah well that's the thing y'all are animals so you just drink the whole (laughs) bottle by yourself so so uh, but I think that as 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 the culture has changed as people don't drink I don't think people drink as much as much beer especially Mm. publicly Mm. Mm. that's not that's not such a not as acceptable not a right thing. yeah yeah because if if you drank beer in australia like people do here on the <laughs> in, in the door foot, footstep of the door of their home then in australia you, you can you can you can get arrested yeah that. yeah of course yeah. <laughs> yeah. so but in argentina it's completely normal to yeah. go to the park and drink mm. beer yeah beer or wine or fernet they have the they're very typical. You cut a Coke bottle in half and you pour <laughs> ice and Fernet and Coke into it. It's just, it's just fascinating. To, you know, I miss that. Absolutely. I miss not so much participating, but just kind of seeing it. You know, there's there's like a there's a there's a vibrance to that. I think in a neighborhood where young dudes or you know young young men and women who are not they're not vandalizing anybody. They're not you know breaking any cars or anything. They're just sitting there having a good time and laughing and and talking. Sick. And there's something there's something nice about that. Yeah, you don't see yeah, here think, certainly either. I think the assumptions are different here here in Buenos Aires compared to certainly compared to Australia. Whereas if they here, if you see someone drinking on the street, you don't you don't think anything of it. You just think, oh, they're, they're having fun, they're relaxing with friends, whatever. Right, right. Whereas 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 people's assumptions in Australia is that they're they're up to no good. Right. If they're doing, yeah, they same. I think here probably problems. What about in in Spain, uh, Anto? Do they drink in the streets? Or are they Sí, acá se llama botellón, hacer botellón. Hacer botellón. Usualmente adolescentes, <risa> realmente no vas a ver a ningún ningún grupo de amigos adultos mm. haciendo eso, pero mm. sí es, también es bastante ilegal. Realmente aquí ah. si te ven con una cerveza en la mano en la calle te pueden, right. no sé si arrestar o multarte, no sé qué nivel de gravedad tiene, mm-hmm. pero no se puede. Pero sí se mete en los parques porque aquí a la noche solamente lo cierran los parques y hacen botellones ahí. Mm. Pero no está tan aceptado como en Argentina, por right. ejemplo. Yeah. Um, interesting. I was going to say, you know, I, I remember just, you know, on these different beer cultures, I, I was at a party once with a bunch of Peruvians, um, you know, who, of course, have their own idiosyncrasies. And they um, bought, they had the liter, we were in Argentina, so, you know, they were buying liter bottles. Uh, and, mm-hmm. but they would have one bottle. Oh, you live with Peruvians, so maybe you've seen this as well, Glenn. Uh, you can confirm, mm-hmm. maybe. They had one bottle, one little cup. They would, pour your cup you drink it you don't pour it all the way either you pour it like half full so it's really just like one or one to three drinks uh like gulps rather you drink it and then you pass it 
both the bottle and the cup onto the guy to the to your left, and it just goes around in a circle like that. And that's how they would drink at that party. And I was just, you know, something so simple. It seems like I was just amazed by what I said. I was like, why on earth would you drink this way? <laughs> like, what <laughs> possible? Would, like, it's just it, I don't know. You know, something very cultural. Did you ever see that, Glenn? With your yeah, I think I, I think I did that once. They, I think they do it with pisco and things like this. They do it with the more, with the more traditional the order liquors, maybe, or the more they traditional do it drinks. with the more okay. traditional drinks. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember for sure, but yeah, I do remember, I do remember something like that. Well, um, if you're listening uh, and you can think of, you know, some sort of beer culture or alcohol culture, anything, you know, sort of related to what we're talking about, and you want to share it with us, uh, again, uh, please feel free to leave a comment. Uh, send us a message. Send us a, a message on Facebook or Instagram. Si estás escuchando y a vos se te ocurre algo que tiene que ver con esto, una cosa rara que viste en otro país que tiene que ver con la cerveza o el hecho de compartir o la vida en la calle, compartí con nosotros que nos puedes encontrar por Radio Matera en Facebook y queremos saber lo que lo que tienes para decir. So yeah, so this is um, you know we've been at it for a bit here. Uh, the, you know this is uh, Radio Matera Light. Uh, obviously, um, anyone who's listened to our old programs would know that they were an hour uh, to two hours, and that they could occasionally uh, maybe drag on. Some people would say that. I would never say that, but perhaps uh, some people might believe that. Um, uh, the difficulties of doing live radio and juggling uh, guests who don't appear and co-hosts who. Don't appear and <laughs> just uh, many many difficulties. El único que no fue fiel siempre fue el Cristo, el operador. Así que Cristo, si nos escuchas, sos un genio, loco. Un abrazo. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, just you know, want to uh, thank everyone, anyone who was was interested in Radio Matera, who listened in the old format, or if you're just picking this up for the first time, checking out uh, this new uh, Radio Matera Light. Uh, we're just trying to keep things, you know, tight, but also entertaining and, and informative. Um, so these episodes, this, you know, these episodes will probably be a little bit longer because we're getting right into it. But ideally, it'll be something that you can listen to on your commute. Um, you know, you can listen to for a quick bit or, you know, maybe if you're walking around the neighborhood or uh, just for 15 minutes and hopefully, uh, you know, keep up your language practice. But uh, I do want to thank Ariel uh, for sending us that audio for participating. Um, hopefully he will be able to participate again soon and uh, just really want to thank uh, Glenn and Anto for being here uh, chicos, excelente, me encantó este primer no episodio gracias yeah. thank you very much thank you very much so until next time, follow us on uh, SoundCloud follow us on Stitcher, uh, iTunes you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts so we are Radio Matera Bilingual Radio recomendanos a tus amigos y hasta la próxima chicos Bye.